Welcome to the X Overland Podcast. At X Overland, we're committed to living a life of adventure and to sharing what we learn in the hopes of inspiring and empowering others to boldly explore the world. Join the conversation as we sit down to share stories of overland travel and vehicle-based adventure with a broad range of compelling guests from around the globe. Good morning, Clay. Good morning, Jimmy. Good to see you again back on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I can tell you are back from Africa in all those massive adventures because I'm seeing more of you. Yes, I'm back. (laughs) Well, and when you are back, we try to make the most of the time, get you on here as much as we can. And um, today is, uh, in fact, no cliche here, a special episode because we are talking about the latest generation of Tacoma trail hunter mm-hmm big deal somebody told me you've had a little experience with this new Tacoma we thankfully we have uh, back in let's see it would have been October November of 23 uh, we were able to get uh, what's called a 1a a first assembly um, and that means that uh, it's kind of mostly built like this is the spec that it will be like there's still some things that aren't quite right and uh like like our our truck had a few things that like the door card was different on one side or the other side because they were still testing which door card they liked mm, you know so there's there's still like things like that and it's the it's the one of the first ones that came down the assembly line and they test the assembly line process and all that but in all reality though it's like 90 i mean man some of all parts it's probably 99 percent there yeah, that's you know. been really cool, like learning from you about how this works with a major manufacturer like Toyota. And I guess what I'm seeing is, too, no matter how much intel we have and how much input we've had, when the final product truly ro- rolls off the factory, it, it will be original, even yes. if it's by 1%. Yes, and they're changing things all the time because then they take feedback from guys like myself and and their engineers and stuff and they go put miles on them and and then they take that feedback and then they go and tweak more things you know to get them right before they actually hit the um, main assembly line and go to uh, the dealers so yeah uh, our truck was great like I couldn't tell you what needed to change mechanically or anything like that to me it seemed like a perfectly good truck yeah so yeah, and that's, you know, and we're talking Toyota, too, as far as you know, their vetting process of their own work, I'm yep. sure, is extensive. Yeah. They don't like to rush anything off the factory floor. They want to do it right. Yeah, and they worked really hard on this truck to get it right. Um, we had a great podcast back at Expo West uh, where we talked to Sheldon Brown, and he really talked about how his job was that he had to preserve the Tacoma-ness. They called it Tacoma-ness of the, of the Tacoma into the next generation because there were so many things that changed on the body and they're sharing a body platform now uh, like Land Cruiser and Tacoma share uh, similar frames, just like how the new Sequoia, the 300 series and the Tundra share a common frame. Uh, Tacoma and Land Cruiser are now in that same boat and uh, they even share a similar engine and all that. So... It, there was a risk, I suppose, that uh, they could take it away and not have it be its own. So Sheldon really talks deep about what he had to do to keep the looks and the feel of Tacoma 
mm. while still adapting to the common common frame. And f- the common frame so far, I mean, we have a Tacoma, or sorry, we have a Tundra and we have a Sequoia. And we, I can tell you that the common frame between the two is actually a, a really massive bonus. Like it, there's a lot of positives that come from that um, because they had to design the spec all the way up to a Tundra you can and the Land Cruiser spec, then you see those frames and uh, quality controls that come from a Land Cruiser side trickle all the way down into Tundra and Sequoia. What I really think is a value to this particular podcast that we're recording is that uh, you know a lot of people have the specs out there with this vehicle. We have the experience, yes. and I guess you know as as, as uh, your partner here in this recording, like that's what I, I'd like to hear about. And I bet a lot of other people would too, is, you know, beyond the specs. Yep. What are we driving when we're driving this new Tacoma? Yeah. But let's get to the soul of it. You know, there's a <laughs> yeah, thousand exactly. videos out there of, and, and po- probably podcasts about specs and stuff, but uh, definitely the soul. So we were able to, we had it for a month. We had this truck for a month and uh, we, we got to build it. Some uh, we used all eight. Here's the assignment. Here's this, this video series that's coming out on uh, Tacoma called our, let's see, I don't know if we have a working title right now. I don't think we do. At the time do. of podcast. I, yeah, I don't think we um, do. So I may not say it, but we have this great Trail Hunter series coming out. And uh, Toyota, working with the guys at marketing, they said, would you like to take this truck and test it? And I said, well, yeah, I would. I would. Uh, but uh, I would like to have the freedom to be able to take it on the adventures that we would really take it on and and have fun with it, like really have fun with it. And, uh, and they said, okay, cool. And I said, you have this new AAP program. Uh, I think they've now converted the name, but it's, it's essentially approved automotive uh, products that Toyota has approved inside, to put inside their sales system. And which means that when you go buy a new truck, you can order these things too and have it all wrapped up in your car loan. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's just huge, huge help. I love that, that new model for overlanding builds. Yeah, it's great. And it's going to help a lot of people get out, you know, this whole truck. And plus with that uh, program in place, it's going to help a lot of people get out and go camping. Um, so uh, I said, well, I'd like to work within the AAP program. And uh, they were really on board with that because that looks good for them, I suppose. But uh, I said, well, let's test what you got. And uh, so I went through their system. And uh, ordered a tent, ordered a fridge, a fridge slide. Uh, we ordered the domestic water tank. Um, we ordered the domestic power system. We didn't have to order an air compressor. It's already there. We didn't have to order suspension. It's already there. Uh, old man EMU suspension's already on the, on the truck. Didn't have to put bigger tires on it. It's got 33s already. Um, which for years we were saying, you know, you can go around the world on 33 inch tires. And I still fully believe that our Africa trucks were on 35s, but that we rolled around with Adrian in Africa and he had 32 inch tires. Yeah, dude. I mean, 35s look cool. We all love them. But like, to your point, if you, if you want to go around the world and keep things efficient and all the rest, I mean, the 33 can be a good tire. Exactly. And you will actually find that tire size in the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. If we, as soon as you go to 35s, like when we went to Africa, there's no other 35s in the country. There was no. like one 
kind. I think it was like a Mickey Thompson something or other oh, that gosh. was in one obscure town. And we're like, they have a set. You know, like, so <laughs> 33s, very common, a lot more common. Uh, it's a global tire size. So it's a, it's a really good selection. Now here in the U.S., we might want more. We want the looks of the 35s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And you will be able to do that on the Tacoma. Toyota won't do it from the factory because of there's because lots of reasons. You know, we could get into that later. But um, the uh, once you own it, you can do what you want with it. Put 35s on it at that time. But uh, anyway, yeah, we were able to go through and you know we put our own sleeping bags in the truck. Let's see what else did we do. Uh, we ordered a. Uh, a uh, I'm always getting this right wrong. I mean convection. Or conduction, induction. Oh, induction. There we cooking. go. Cooking. Yeah. cooking. I got my turds twisted. <laughs> I mean, my words <laughs> twisted. There's uh yeah. So we ordered an induction cook plate. Yeah. Because there's a really big inverter, it built into the Trail Hunter, and we wanted to experiment with, uh, can we actually really cook off this thing? So like, and pl- that, plug that's it in, putting it to the test. Yeah. An induction system. Right? Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> It worked awesome. Like it's make <sighs> it's making me rethink stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you. Since like when you began all this, and you have yeah. Honda generators and this and that, like trying to power everything and yeah. now it's a whole new world. Exactly, because this inverter taps into the high voltage system that's built into the hybrid system. So there's, there's a lot of power there. There's, uh, and I won't give away everything that's in the series, but we get pretty nerdy with how we cook and how the truck runs when you do that. And it's pretty cool. Like we, we came up with some pretty fun stuff and we did the math. We ran down the, the rabbit trails of power and fuel consumption to power my coffee and all that stuff. And texting am, back and I, forth I'm with Sheldon. Feeling, I'm feeling we need multiple podcasts on trail hunter. We, we might, forward we might. <laughs> and I, I got to throw one little thing in there um, with this hybrid uh, power system that mm-hmm. you're referring to, right? Mm-hmm. With this massive inverter as a Starlink guy, that's music to my ears. Yep. Not to mention the air compressor. I thought that was so sweet, just built into it, right? Yeah, and and for a guy that's or a gal wanting to come in and buy a truck and go explore and having a built-in air compressor on the back that airs up and airs down, like you can set the low temperature too, and then you can go set the, uh, um, you know, put the air chuck on the tire, and it'll deflate to whatever pressure you tell it to. That is so sweet. Yeah. And wow. I know that we'll be able to put like uh, an indeflate on that same system and uh, or use it like an indeflate. You can, you know, hook up multiple tires at once and then it because it just reads whatever pressure is coming back up the hose. You could hook up all four tires if you wanted and have it all air down at once to oh a certain God. pressure. You know, you wouldn't need the gauge. It's got its own gauge in it. So, you know, and if you think about that in the aftermarket world putting an air compressor in is kind of a, it's a thing, you know, you got to buy it. It's like a thousand bucks probably. And then you got to find the mounts and you got to get it wired and put a switch in. Uh, it's warrantied from the factory. I got to say too, you know, for anybody who has inflatable power, uh, paddle boards, um, pontoons for fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm always bringing compressors long to inflate all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now it's built into your rig. Yep. It's built in. Yeah. Um, it's probably the speed of air up of like, uh, probably an ARB single air compressor, maybe a little better, 
maybe a little better. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't actually seen the unit, like how big the compressor is and stuff, but it do, it did seem to air up a 33 faster than a single a single compressor would from ARB. That's what I have experience with. So um, it's not as fast as a twin. Twins are, you know, fast, but yeah, uh, completely usable. You know, it is awesome, especially yeah. for a factory yeah. option. The, yeah, you know, and the, just thinking of the, you know, the average person, right, buying mm-hmm. a Tacoma and wanting to do some weekend camping and some, you know, running around without getting over the top with yep. accessories, right? Mm-hmm. This thing, it's, it's built to, to work right off the shelf. Yeah. And we, we, so we had the ARB rear uh, bed rack on it. So then we put the rooftop tent on it. We put a Wii Boost on it for boost up our uh, cell signal because we're going to places and we're running off Onyx maps. Um, between that, the fridge that we bought with the slide so we could slide it up over the tailgate, you know, have it be workable. The, the cooktop and the water tank from Dometic and a little power system. I mean, we went, and then we threw our own personal stuff and food in there and our own bags. We did four separate adventures with all that stuff. Dude, I, and you mentioned something that's a little technical detail. I'd love to just hear what this looks like because yeah. it's got a massive interior screen. It does. And you mentioned using Onyx to get mm-hmm. around. So can you see the Onyx oh, maps on that screen while you're driving? Yeah. If you've sat in the new Tundra or a new Sequoia, for reference, it's very similar in size and like feel to that. It's, it's a big screen. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. A screen like that paired with Onyx, man. Gold. Yeah. You actually can see all the stuff, you know, the tech's getting better, you know, especially through CarPlay. You're being able to put things up on these big screens. Um, is awesome. Well, you know, over this looking at big picture here, Clay, mm-hmm. I mean, something that's really standing out to me is how much overlanding equipment and, you know, how the build itself is just built into the vehicle right away from the factory. Mm-hmm. You know, an overland build. Like when I when you when you and I usually talk builds, right? It's we start with this and we add add, add, and add, right, add right, yeah. right. And now it's like I'm talking to you and it's like, yeah, you know, it has this, it has this, it has this, it has that. And pretty much, yeah, you know, just ready to go and out, out you head on your adventure. Yep. And yeah. so I guess I'm stoked to hear what, how it all worked. It, it worked great. Uh, we, we sent it through a series of tests. We did some fun stuff with floating it. We did uh, floating it, floating it. Yeah. Floating I, it. I don't know how much to get into there. You have to go uh, see the series. <laughs> but okay. uh, uh <laughs> It's only a, a I, how many million dollars? It was one of those. It was one of those uh, ask for forgiveness, maybe not permission sort of <laughs> scenarios. Uh, but uh, it was awesome. Worked out great. And then, oh, um, then we we took it to the dunes because we wanted to see what the power was, and we towed with it because we you know we wanted to like if you were going to tow a Patriot camper like a fully loaded you know adventure trailer, what is how does it do with that? Um, and what else did we do? We we. Navigated some pretty tough terrain, like trails that are legit, you know. Uh, if it's able to do these trails, it can go anywhere in the world, no problem. And uh, it did great there. Like, you know, it's it's truly a global ready adventure platform. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like, you know, with this driving experience that we're referring to, what is really cool to me about this is we didn't just take the Tacoma and go drive it. We tested it for yeah. for Toyota in part. It sounds like I, yeah. I know what the trails look like in the tobacco routes or these places. Like 
they're intense. Yeah. And we drove it on the interstate. We drove it a long time on the interstate. You know, we put 10 hours of interstate, oh man, maybe 15, 20 hours of interstate time on it. Um, then as many hours on the trail with it. Uh, I think over the month we had it, we did 2000 miles on that first assembly truck and, uh, we drove it in the snow. Yeah. We drove, I yeah, mean, I we got all snow. kinds of environments that we were in and, and got to see just like how did the hybrid system work with all of this stuff. And it's just, it's pretty, so far pretty flawless. We didn't have any, any mechanical issues. Um, it all just worked the way Toyotas just work, you know? Yeah. Even and, with all these upgrades, improvements and changes. Yeah. And I can hear, I can hear the, the crit critics out there that say, well, there's other trucks out there that have better specs, you know, and Kurt Williams and I were talking about this. Um, we we're talking about a, a wide range of things when this came up, but, uh, I mean, Toyota, to be frank, has never been known to win on the page. When you look at the specs, it never truly shines above like what other trucks might offer right now. But what those other trucks don't offer is the Toyota it factor. You know, what trucks are still driving out there now is all the Toyotas. So uh, I will take that over an improvement in a clearance spec here or a, perhaps a front locker. Because, you know, if you go back and listen to the Sheldon uh, podcast, there's reasons why they did not do a front locker so that they could put more emphasis and weight inside of other improvements in the vehicle that you use 90% of the time or 99% of the time versus the 1% of the time you use a front locker. You know, mm -hmm. so that's a spec that, well, perhaps like the, the bison or the whatever would have a front locker. But yeah, the Tacoma yeah, doesn't, I, but you know, when I, I heard something on that front locker, like, I mean, along the lines of it can, it can get the average person in a lot of trouble. You can't, I mean, it, you use a front locker in a straight line to extract yourself from being stuck mm -hmm. or over a tough obstacle in a straight line. That's when you use it. Uh, and there's a guarantee they're going to have A or B or whatever is going to have a locker that you can go put in the Tacoma. So if you do want that, you can still upfit it later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I just think, you know, with that amazing crawl control and a rear locker, um, I, the average person, right? Someone who isn't going to go just wheel the heck out of the thing. Like, and like you said, you can still buy the accessory, the aftermarket locker. Yep. Mm -hmm. But uh, most people are like, I want to get out and have some fun camping and overlanding and, you know, weekend warrior and all that kind of thing. That's plenty. And there's it, a front a lot. sway bar disconnect too, isn't there? Yes. Which was really cool to play with. I mean, that's the first time we've seen it in the toy Toyota world. Um, it's been around in, let's see, probably Bronco and... Jeep has had it for a long time, but now the Tacoma has it and it, it's effective. It's really effective, especially when you're talking about that, not having that front locker yeah. by the ability to drop wow. the sway bar and having that tire maintain contact with the ground, then there you go. You have a lot more traction already from that. So that margin of needing a front locker really starts to get pretty narrow to a very limited scenario yeah uh tiny so, yeah and you got tons of torque in this truck right mm -hmm. with that hybrid engine tons but what was this that thing like to experience so like this in the is sand and it's instant 
you know, it's just boom, it's right there because that's on the electric assist side. So we'll get into it a little bit there, but uh, in the series, but short, the short answer to how this like hybrid system works on torque curve is uh, so your electric assist kicks in the, the iForce max side, the max kicks in, which is the hybrid side. Uh, on the low end before the turbos are able to spool up mm. the turbo. So I see, I see. once the turbo okay. kicks in and it is producing its max power, then you'll see the max fall off, the hybrid side fall off, burn on the turbo's power that it's producing from the engine. And then as the torque curve tops out on the um, turbo, then the iForce Max kicks in again and helps you out on the top end of the torque curve. So it's a very, the handoff is pretty dang good. Um, that was one of the areas that uh, they were still tuning a little bit on this truck because it was an early addition, finally getting it out on the road. So they, they go back in and they tune this handoff between the hybrid electric side to the, to the engine side. Like where do, that, where do they give power back to who at what time? It was awesome. You know, like you, you could just, I mean, it felt like a sports car compared to anything that we've ever driven before in the Tacoma world. This, what it is, is if you've ever wanted a diesel Hilux and the torque curve of diesel Hilux, it is now essentially in the new Tacoma, but better because of the electric assist. And then I, I know a lot of folks have been worried about like, well, I don't know about this system. Is it going to hold up? It's just, you know, um, I guess there's still some time to time to be seen on that, you know, but, uh, Toyota started the Prius program 25 years ago. You know, they've been doing this a long time. There's a reason they selected the batteries that they did. Um, and they, they, they just know how to build these short answers. They, they know what they're doing because they've been doing it for a long time. This isn't a new thing to them. It's just the latest thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I was very impressed. I was well, very impressed. And I came from the skeptical side. You know, I'm not necessarily like uh, all into the hybrid stuff all the time, but I was like, oh man, you know, I think I want one of these. That's what, that's what I decided when I handed the truck back. I was sad. I was like, I don't want to give it back. I like it. <laughs> I bet Rochelle didn't want to give it back either because I, I got little little bits and pieces of her driving it in the sand, and she's just like, it's a beast. It's a beast. <laughs> and we had a hunch of like how these would be a beast from how the Sequoia performed in Africa in the dunes, mm. and it was unreal. It was just a blast to drive, like a rocket. And uh, so you scale that down into the Tacoma with its weight and size. Mm. with its power plant and you're like this thing will be a rocket too and it was it, it was it did great it was so much fun to drive geez the, the only comparable i have is we have a, a hybrid rav4 rav mm. the, the trail mm -hmm. edition and that thing is just it, it's my favorite vehicle to drive now and the fleet a, of is it like a go-kart oh it's like a go-kart on steroids oh, and yeah. it's fast I'll, I'll be like you know racing these these rocket uh, urban yeah, yeah. Uh, fast and furious guys <laughs> yeah uh -huh. and uh smoking some of them and it's it's hilarious but uh, you know it's just a fun vehicle yeah. And I've thought, man, if you had that same kind of snap in a Tacoma and you're in an actual midsize overland rig, that would just be best of both worlds. To yeah. Me. Yeah. It's, it's great. And they've made a lot of good improvements. Uh, I was real impressed with their crawl control. 
uh, they revalved, or let's see, Sheldon was telling me about it, but it's just like, it's quiet now. It doesn't sound like a, a machine gun going off. It's a very quiet system, um, which is great. Uh, they put in a different valving system to how that actuates, if I got that right. And it's just, it doesn't sound violent anymore. It's just working in the background. This is an ad, but it's a good ad. The ad is to announce that we've linked up with the Mobile One team, who have joined us in celebration of their 50th anniversary. And what better way to celebrate a 50th anniversary than supporting five content creators to each produce five films on Exoverland Network? The Mobile One brand has a simple mission, to encourage the love of driving. So, over the course of this year, you're going to see some of your favorite overlanding content creators doing what they love out on the unpaved roads of America in the X Overland Network Creator Series, driven by Mobile One. Because we're driving, and it's all about the love of driving. Well, you get it. The first episodes in this series are called Gone Cookin', produced by content creators Gone Durton, and will be available exclusively on the Mobile One YouTube channel. So go subscribe and hit the bell so you're in the loop. You won't want to miss the other four series and exclusive bonus behind-the-scenes content as well. This is a long ad, but 50th anniversaries call for big news. So join us on the long road ahead as we celebrate the love of driving in honor of the 50th anniversary of the Mobile One brand out on the open road. So I'm um, looking at it, man, and yeah. I'm thinking, okay, like we have massive breaks now. 18-inch wheels because we have massive brakes. Yeah, and I don't know around. if a 17-inch wheel will fit there. I'd have to... I think they will. I still think that a 17-inch wheel will fit in there. Yeah. So I know, like, with previous generations of Tacomas, a lot of fans were like, can we get rear disc brakes? Yep. Um, now, massive brake upgrade mm-hmm. and 1,700-pound payload... How did you feel all of that handled as far as braking goes? Were you like, whoa? Oh, yeah. The, the, no this question. There. Yeah, it stops. Stop, stops. And after being fully loaded with a rooftop tent, yeah, the fridge and I'm the wondering. gear, the firewood in the back. One time we had three dudes in there with, uh, with a whole load of camera gear towing a trailer as well. And it stopped just fine. Like, like I never even thought about it. That's how it was how good it was well, see that man that's such stop. a that's such a win for the consumer uh, because you know that's that's another big thing as soon as you build out the the rig to an overlanding rig now you got to add the brakes because you got mm-hmm. all this extra weight yep um and in this case right from the factory you got 1700 pound payload and you got braking to stop yep stop and it has a, hot, a pretty good uh towing capacity let's see does this in here I'm trying to think of what it was I'm looking at the spec too. We don't want to get too much, but 465 pound feet of torque is pretty dang good. Um, yeah, yeah, the 326 horsepower. It's like the V8 was now in a Tacoma. You know, think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it tows no no problem either. Like so, we towed the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Patriot Camper X3. It's their bigger camper trailer fully loaded all water i said load it up i want it mm. i want it to be like you were leaving on a 10-day trip you would load it all up and so they did well the guys did and uh it towed it like it like no problem better than any truck we've ever towed and you could really tell because you'd hop in you'd, you once we gave the truck away or throughout the week uh, we'd be driving to tacoma and then you got hop home and you'd hop in another truck our older tacomas 
that are built and heavy, really heavy, but, uh, you could totally tell the difference in the, the two. And you're like, Ooh, I am ready for the, <laughs> the new generation. I want the new one. <laughs> Give me back the new one. So, well, yeah, I'm thinking for, you know, people with, with sled trailers, rafts, you know, small campers, whatever oh, yeah. they want. I mean, it yeah. sounds like you would just do that. No all problem. Day. No problem. And it goes, it went down the interstate. Like it didn't even care which is a foreign thing in a Tacoma. Mm. Yeah. I just towed that thing up the hills. You can accelerate up the hills mm. on a pretty steep grade. And, uh, so the driving experience of the all new truck is pretty, pretty dang good. Um, yeah, we were talking payload too. And you said there, you know, bunch of big dudes in there. You're a big dude. Yep. Um, I've heard there's more room in this one for a big guy, like at least I'm in the front. Months, so I'm always definitely in that. the front. Uh, I think the layout in the front is, is really good. The back's a little tight. Um, I don't know what the true use case is of people using the four door for four adults all the time. I mean, in my own personal life, it's pretty low, but it does happen. And it is, it is a little tight back there, but, uh, I think the making the front better was a worthy trade-off, uh, with every, all things considered, because that's where you as the driver spend your time. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have as much uh, to maximize the comfort in the front. And it's, it's nice to sit in. Like you could, you could throw down the miles in that truck. So would you be confident? Let's say, you know, you bought one right off the showroom floor, mm-hmm. put in your camping gear, mm-hmm. right? Your sleeping bags, whatever your personals are. But basically if you set it up for overlanding right from the showroom, would you hop in that thing and head off around the world? You could. Yeah. Um, I would. The answer is yes. You're just going to make some sacrifices currently. I mean, we're talking global trip here. We're talking, oh, yeah. like, we're talking like, Hey, may, you know, maybe some guys like, I, I don't yeah. want to be bothered with spending too much time building my rig. I, uh-huh. I'm buying it and I want to go. I think of Richard and Ashley and what they did with their little red Tacoma or yeah. red, red, little red uh, Toyota truck. Yeah. A little red. Yeah. And, uh, they put a roof to, I think, uh, you know, a fairly affordable, uh, CVT back in the day, tent on top, and they threw some tubs in the back and they went to Argentina, you know? Yeah. 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 You, this, everything that I'm seeing here is better than what they did, what they had, uh, equipment and gear wise, um, it, when they went to Argentina they spent a year and a half doing that. So uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, you could do it personally. I would like, and we're working with Toyota now, on some of these things, uh, just getting more and more high end equipment in there for the guy who really does want to mm. buy something that's like, I'm going to keep this for a long time. This is the truck that I want to build. Uh, there's just a few things that, uh, I think the AAP program is getting stronger in, even as we speak, we've had meetings with them this in the last week, things are getting better cause they're, and they're listing so well, they're like, okay, well, why? how come we need this or that? And it's like, well, because in reality, this is what's important. And they're like, Oh, okay. We got to figure that out. We got to get that put in there. So, uh, it's been really fun to work on that side of the, the house with Toyota. Yeah, man. Like, I, I mean, what we're looking at here is, you know, the, the realized vision of, of a lot of work yeah. in, in your, uh, your relationship with Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be awesome. I mean, the feeling of that, man, like it's, to see this. It's so cool. Yeah, we were, you know, we were aware of to- Trail Hunter a while ago. And uh, 
to see it come to fruition. And there's, you know, with any manufacturer in any big company and corporate world, you know, like you never sure, sure if it's something going to really happen because there's so many checks and balances that can uh, cancel something. But I know that like talking with Sheldon and his team, he's like everyone inside the Toyota world worked hard to have this come to fruition. Like to, to have this hit the lot is amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a major achievement. And I, I've said it before, but I think it's the biggest announcement on the Toyota enthusiast side since TRD. And TRD was like 1954, 53. I mean, a long time ago. Dude, can you clarify that for some listeners? Because, you know, if people are really dialed into this, they're going to know the difference. But I I think some people just getting into the space might see TRD off-road and think, that's what I need to get. Sure. Yeah. And well, and that's why Trail Hunter really came to be. Because TRD, Toyota Racing Development, is what it stands for, is really built for the go-fast mentality. So... With, with that, suspension, weight and balance, and decisions made at the, at the OEM level uh, reflect the mindset of the end user. So TRD, race. Like desert know. racing yeah. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Baja. So race. when you look at like the modern TRD Pro, it was their premium offering, but it wasn't the best for overland type of uh, travel because the suspension tuning... And in spring rates and things like that weren't built for weight. Mm-hmm. They're built for speed where things have to float over bumps fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all know that like suspension and tires and all the modifications that we make have compromises to one thing or the other. You know, like there's no real one solution that suits all. You know, you've got to modify to one, one side or the other, typically in your decisions. So uh, TRD was really based around speed the desert stuff um, and really great fun to drive street wise, you know, and um, but then people were taking it and going, Oh, well I want the TRD pro cause that's their top line offering. And I want to turn it into an overland vehicle. Got to redo the whole thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, how come my shocks aren't holding up to this? And the, the right. truck is squatty and it's not holding the weight. I thought this was the, the top end. And you're like, well it is, but it's built for a different spec. So Toyota recognized that. I mean, it, to even get to a trail hunter is like a five or six year program to actually have something rubber on the ground is at least, I think it was five and a half years that it took. So they, they saw this problem happening and then they developed the answer with uh, the new Tacoma and hence trail hunter was born to support more weight payload and the go slow mentality, go far versus the go fast. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I'm thinking of so, so many people like myself included back in the day, like just saw TRD and thought, oh yeah, that's the off-road package. I need, you know, I want yeah. that. And yet we're just going hunting and fishing and things like that where you mm-hmm. don't need to fly across the desert. Um, so this distinction is huge. I think yeah. it's going to make you know, buyers a lot happier. But they're going to get into the right truck. Right. You know, and uh, I think what... M- probably caused some of the confusion way back. I'm just now thinking, I'm looking at a TRD four by four Tundra out there. I'm looking at Andy's truck out there. (laughs) And uh, one of the biggest distinctions was that you would get a locker in Mm -hmm. the TRD off-road or the pro versions, you know, and that is a commonality between desert racing and uh, that type of lifestyle and the go slow. So you would always want to buy the TRD version because you would get the locker with it Mm -hmm. and uh that says well it's 
Maybe that's part of where some of that, uh, well, that's why I bought them. I wanted the yeah. rear factory e-locker. Yeah, so it's know? a factory So locker. I wanted the TRD because uh, it had the performance specs that I needed for what my life was, you know. You bet. But I ended up, we all did. We all swapped the suspension on it when we loaded our trucks up. Okay, you so I, I don't know if you can talk about this or not, but are we going to see Trail Hunter um, on other platforms? Tundra, Land Cruiser, um, Sequoia? I, I don't know about all the platforms, um, but I would think that depending on how successful the Trail Hunter program is going to be in Tacoma, I would say why wouldn't they? You know, um, I can't confirm or deny, I guess, however you say that. But yeah, right. um, it, it is still remains to be seen. I would be very excited if I did see more of these grades. I don't know about the full size. You know, typically in the years past, it took a while before TRD made it to Tundra. You know, um, but TRD is already in Sequoia, so uh, and Tundra on their newest platform. So I don't know. I think I think it's very possible. I think it's very possible. It's going to depend on the feedback from the market because that's that's what they follow. You know, they follow oh, the sure. what the market says because that's that's the business they're in. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I think. man, that makes two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Tundra guy, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that might push me out of what I'm in now and into. A tundra again, which I would love to be in. Wow, that's saying something. Yeah, I would. I would seriously consider that. So you would go. That's power ram. Yeah, power wagon. Power wagon. Yeah, Yeah, power wagon to the new tundra, which is pretty. Oh man, that new tundra in Africa was just like this thing's a beast. Yeah, so good. Yeah, there are lots of things. I'm a tundra guy in the past, and I bought the power wagon for some specific reasons related to towing capacity and this and that. Payload, um, campers. Yeah, yeah, full-size stuff. But, um, man, I miss my Tundra. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Gen 2. Mm -hmm. I'd probably still be driving it, and I wouldn't have any debt if I kept it. So No, there you go. (laughs) That's important, too. Uh, So here's another thing, man. Maybe I think uh, we ought to end on this. I know we've got a busy day ahead uh, out at the ranch, Um, which the ex-Overland Ranch. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm stoked. I want to do a podcast on that soon. We absolutely should. There's a lot to go over there. That's sweet. Um, Okay, so to, to conclude here on Tacoma Trail Hunter, We've talked about, you know, we've talked some specs, we've talked the truck, and we've talked your driving experience having this, um, what would you call it? Not really a prototype at this point. What yeah, did you call it, it? So it's a 1A, first assembly. First assembly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is what it, it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm thinking is, what is your vision for Trail Hunter out in the field on expedition, like in the future, Great. right? Cause you've, you've helped build this with Toyota. You've worked through all this. Yeah. You just got a taste, mm-hmm. but now you got to be thinking big picture. I know yeah. how you vision and vision yeah. things. I absolutely have been thinking that way. Yeah. Um, there's some cool things coming down the pipe from Toyota. Um, I just don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say, but, um, the future is very bright. And uh, the modifications or the upfitting that we'll be able to do from the AAP program and uh, just certain things that the engineering team's working on to make this truck even better uh, as it goes forward is really exciting. If I was to take uh, a truck right now and upfit it for a trip, I would do this. I would go and put a 17-inch wheel on it uh, if it fits. I'd have to, I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure it does. Cause uh, we did a testing here and it fit And real quick for the newbie. Well, why the 17? 
we found in Africa, even with a 35 inch tire, going to an 18 inch wheel on a 35 inch tire, we felt the difference in the sectional density of the tire carcass. That's like really wordy, but basically you feel, you feel the vibrations more because you've lose an inch of rubber between the wheel and the ground. So that smaller wheel just gives you more tire, some more float, yeah, just right. Yeah, more just comfort gotta, on bumpy roads yeah. when you're airing down, things like that. Yeah. More yeah. protection front to the wheel. Yeah. It just has a, I like it, it. It's really a personal preference. And frankly, we are splitting hairs here. Uh, <laughs> but as you put a lot of time in, you yeah, know, yeah. you're like, I like, fun, I actually yeah. feel like I like the, the 33 inch tire or the 35 with a 17 inch wheel is just to me as of right now is kind of the sweet spot. It's okay. So you're going 17 inch wheel, 35 inch tire. I don't know. Probably. Or staying with that 33, 33, like a tall 33, uh, looking for a tall skinny, maybe, mm-hmm. um, there's been so much cool new data that comes out about like how it's skinnier tire is really Another just the podcast. answer. We have to do tires. So you have a tire yeah. guru, dude, I've heard you talk about them so, so much. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I, else? I would do that. Uh, and that would give me a little bit more ground clearance. I'd put a, like a, Oh, tough all-terrain tire on it. I, I remember hearing Sheldon talk about the tire that comes on these trucks with the trail hunter. And like, well, I was like, Oh wow. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. I had no idea that had to go into the tire decision on a, uh, OEM. Like, you know, it's crazy, but I would swap it to, uh, in, for general driving, I would put an ATX on there in a heartbeat. And then, um, I would look at putting a solid canopy on the back, uh, like a, mm. like an ARE or a Lear or whatever top, um, hopefully get a, uh, Alu cab rooftop tent on there and just drawer system in the back. Probably have to upfit the spring from there. Just do a, the shocks are fine. Just don't forget that shocks manage the spring. They don't hold the weight. So you just change out the rear coil to hold the weight of what you're putting in there. And then the shocks that are on the old man, the old man EMU shocks that are on it will manage all of this all day. They're awesome. They're good. And then just go rip. Just go. That simple. Yeah. They, we didn't have the option of uh, the rooftop uh, rack over the front. That Dude. They make one. We didn't have that option, that upfit on this one. So you can put another carrier on or a roof rack on over the cab. I would do that and put like some alley boxes or some pelicans or something up there for a little bit more storage. Um, and looking at yeah. that too, like the air intake, we haven't just real quick on that. So that's, that's a, that's a snorkel. Yeah. Basically. Call, they call it a raised air intake. Yeah. Which is, uh, they want it. Toyota would say, don't call it a snorkel because snorkel implies water. And we don't want you to think that you can drive that deep in the water because the general consumer, not the guys that are listening to this podcast, we know yeah, better, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the general consumer says, Oh, I can drive in water. That's, that's what they are having to play to all the time is, is the consumer who just doesn't know. And yeah. then what might make some assumptions that are bad, you know? So they call it a raised air intake. Yeah. Which is really you know, is. what you, what you have it for. So when yeah. you're in really dusty environments, right? Yep. It's, it's bringing in cleaner, cooler air into your engine. Yeah. And I like what they did there. Uh, they, they brought it up in a really sleek fashion up the a pillar. Uh, it no longer. So the, the original desert raised air take from TRD was really high, 
like way up above the cab. And the reason they did that is because, uh, frankly, legal team was like, you can't have anything impeding vision. Um, so that's why I had to go way up, up so high. So they answered that problem by this sleek, uh, raised air intake. And so when you sit in the driver's seat, you barely even tell, can tell that the, the, the snorkel arm coming up is even there. Dude, like it doesn't I, impede anything. I didn't even think of the vision part of it. I just think the aesthetics are so rad looking at it. Yeah, they did and a good job. And it's just so factory. Mm-hmm. You know, just like sleek, just just factory spec. It looks amazing. Um, but, okay, I'm looking at the Trail Hunter here. Uh-huh. Yep. And I can't help but envision an XO wrap. I know. I've been thinking about it, <laughs> And what is in your head, I'm sure. Like your creative uh, yeah. brain has got to be going crazy with ideas it's fun. for that. I really love the looks of this truck. Yeah, I and, do too. And uh, playing with it in the future is going to be really cool. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait to see when we get one. Well, when we do, I am sure you'll be back on the podcast talking about that and what you have in mind for it. And we'll probably do another one on trail hunter on, you know, any host of the several things that we touched yeah. on today. So we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. We'll have a lot to talk about come this, like come this fall, we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about. So it sounds good. Can't wait. Well, yeah. the new series on this is going to be a lot of fun and, um, we got plenty to do out at the ranch today. So I think we better yeah. get going. Sounds good. Well, thanks Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, See you on the next one. Thanks for taking the time to be on, Clay. You bet. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. We appreciate your support. And until next time, stay adventurous. Stay adventurous.